Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. You probably know where we are in our study in 2 Corinthians. We're in chapter 5, and we're looking at the last two verses, which tell us, number one, our assignment, and number two, our message. Our assignment is that we are ambassadors for Christ. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. That is unbelievable, isn't it? Though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's Paul speaking. He sees himself as an ambassador. He, he, I shouldn't say sees himself as one. He recognizes that he has been made an ambassador for Christ. God has made him that. God has commissioned him to do that. But as is clear from the text, it's not Paul alone. He's not the only one. There are others. Now then, we are ambassadors, plural. And he is undoubtedly talking about all true born-again believers, which means me, and which means you, if you are a Christian. So that's our assignment. We are to be ambassadors. We are to represent King Jesus to others. But how do we do that? And we do that by delivering to them the message that he gave to us. We're not innovators. We're not inventors. We're not public relations experts. We aren't cleverly assigned or assigned to cleverly create a message that will suit this situation, which may be entirely different from another message at another situation, and we haven't been given the authority to do that on our own. Nope. We have been delivered a message. It's been handed over to us in writing. It's called the Bible. In writing. And we are told, this is the message. Deliver it accurately. Deliver it faithfully. Deliver it fervently. But Don't change it, don't alter it, but if you're going to be a faithful ambassador, you've got to deliver it as it has been delivered to you. And that's why we're taking quite a bit of time in studying what this text has to say about the message. We want to get it right. And so thank you for joining me on this Tuesday, January 10, and thanks to those whose finances support the Beacon Broadcast so that we can continue on the station. Well, I have suggested that there are six key words to describe the message that's been given to us. Some of them are in the text. Some of them represent other words than the ones that are in the text, but they are a good summary of what the text is saying. But let me give them to you again, because sometimes people are looking for a way to present the gospel. I'd like to to be 
a faithful ambassador, but I don't know what to say. I don't know where to start. don't know where to begin. Okay, here it is. Paul says, I am an ambassador for Christ, and this is the message that's been delivered to me. We are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. There's the first word, reconciliation. And if you will understand what that is, you can begin by explaining that to whoever it is you're talking to, that there is a need for reconciliation, and explain why. It's because of sin. That gets you right into the heart of the problem. That gets you immediately into the condition that requires the gospel message, reconciliation. And we are commanded to be reconciled to God. We who have offended him are commanded to be reconciled to him. The second word is initiative. He took the initiative. Verse 21 tells us, He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. God has done, taken the first step. In actuality, God has taken all the steps. And now the message is delivered. It's not, do this and you will be saved. It is, recognize what has been done. Believe it and you will be saved. There's not really anything for you to do except to understand your need and understand God's provision. You need to be reconciled, but you can't do anything to reconcile yourself. But God did. He took the initiative. And he provided the Savior. And the Savior was the sinless one. That's the reason why we are not reconciled, why we are alienated from God, is because of our sin. And the sin needs to be judged because God is just. God is holy. And so... Either we have to bear the judgment or a gracious, merciful God will provide a substitute on our behalf, and that's Christ. And that's what number five, word number five, substitution. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. To become sin on our behalf and therefore to bear the judgment that our sin deserved. And then finally, the last word and the one we left the broadcast yesterday talking about is imputation. Because the text wraps up by saying that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He becomes, he the sinless one becomes our sin and bears our judgment. We, the sinful ones, receive his righteousness and are treated as if we are the righteous ones, even though we are the sinful ones. And so that we might become the righteousness of God in him means that we are made righteous legally. We aren't cleansed of all sin forever yet. That's, I mean, we are in the forensic sense, the legal sense, but not in the reality of our lives and our souls. We're still dealing with original, original sin and will not be free from that until we are entirely sanctified in heaven. But in our relationship to the law, we are made legally righteous before the judgment bar of God. When our record is examined, there aren't any sins there. He was made sin for us. The sins were placed upon him, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So, the books are opened, metaphorically speaking, of course, but the books are opened, they turn to the page for Gregory Barkman, and lo and behold, the record is clean. The record's clear today, for he took my sin away. And the old account was settled long ago. Remember that song? 
And that's exactly what this text is talking about. And in our, we're made legally righteous in our relationship to the law. Judicially made sinful that we might judicially be made righteous. He was judicially made sinful. That's what it means, to be made to be sin for us. How could the sinless one be made sinful? Well, he could be judicially made sinful. There's a, there's a transaction that's made. There's a swap that's made that only God can do. And he takes our sin and puts it on Christ. And he takes Christ's righteousness and puts that on us. And there we are. The sinless one is now made sin legally and bears the judgment for that sin. The sinful ones, myself and you and all of us, if we believe in Christ, then his righteousness is applied to our account and we are judicially made righteous. And so God has imputed the believer's sins to Christ and God has imputed Christ's righteousness to the believer. This is imputation. This is double imputation. Imputation is to place something to someone's account, to credit someone's account. And so Christ's account was perfect. He was sinless, but God credited my sins to him. It pains me to even say that. But that's exactly what happened. It pains me on the one hand, but it thrills me on the other hand. But God took my sins and credited them to him. Now they became his liability, and he bore the full justice, the full wrath of God for those sins, so that the penalty was entirely satisfied. But God also took Christ's righteousness and credited that to my account. My account was sinful, but the sins were placed on Christ and his righteousness. You see, there's more to it than just breaking the law. There's keeping the law, and we need not only the penalty to be paid, but we need the righteousness to be secured. In in one manner of speaking, salvation is by works. But the works that are required are a perfect righteousness, which nobody can do or has done except Jesus. And salvation is by works, it's by his works. He did the righteous works, he lived the righteous life, the perfectly sinless life that we were required to live if we were going to qualify for heaven. And he did that. He lived that perfect life of sinless obedience before the Father. And then voluntarily took my sins and said, credit those to me, I'll take care of those, I'll pay that debt. And he took his righteousness and said, transfer that over to to Barkman's account and treat him as if he's righteous. And there you have it. Christ, though holy, was treated by God as if he were a sinner. Believers though sinful, are treated by God as righteous. That is the most amazing declaration in all history. But that's the heart of the gospel, imputation. God, or rather Christ, though holy, was treated by God as if he were a sinner. 
He made him to be sin for us. Believers, though sinful, are treated by God as righteous, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. But what is the key? Believers, though sinful, are treated by God as righteous. And so I call upon you to believe. And that's that's it. We just presented the gospel. There it is from beginning to end. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Let's let's, um, condense this a bit. Instead of saying there are six key words, let's just concentrate on three. If you can remember these three words and explain it to somebody from this text, what they mean, you will have achieved a full and accurate and helpful presentation of the gospel. What are the three key words? Number one, reconciliation. Number two, substitution. And number three, imputation. Understand those, explain those, and you have given someone the gospel. And that's our job, to faithfully represent our sovereign by faithfully delivering our commissioned message to others. And there it is. We need to explain it all. We don't want to minimize the sin issue. We do not minimize the majesty of God. We cannot minimize truth about Jesus Christ. He is sinless. We must declare the amazing love and kindness of God to sinners and implore them to be reconciled to God. Some will believe, some will reject, and only have themselves to blame. That's it. Are you an ambassador for Christ? Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.